1: Well, church, good morning. good morning. I would like, I know it's early, but I'd like you to start off by gently grabbing the shoulder of the person next to you, give them a little shake, and tell them, Wake up! Wake up! All right, now I want you to do it again. Go to your second choice. I don't know why they were your second choice, that's between you and them, but um, give them a little nudge, say, Wake up! Wake up today, I'm excited about this word that I believe God has for us today, a word of encouragement for you. Acts chapter 3, I'm going to dive right in here. Verse 1, it says this, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful. Beautiful so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Verse 4, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked up at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped and stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking. that saw him walking and heard him praising, when they realized it was the lame beggar that they had seen often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. I need to tell you today that for for many people, in fact, many people even in this room, you, you have come to a point where you've learned to accept and deal with something and live life with something that God had died to take you out of. That there are people in this room that you have settled for something that your Savior wants to lift you out of. Okay, the Bible says that Peter and John took the man by the hand and lifted him up, and he immediately was strengthened and healed, and he began walking and leaping and praising God. And you need to hear this today. I hope you're awake. I hope you're paying attention because it's an appointment today for you to understand that your God wants to lift you out of that area that you have felt stuck in. The area that you decided, you know, I'm just going to settle. I guess it's just the way it's always been. It's the way it's always going to be. I'm going to be fine with it. And our God loves you so much. And Not only is he powerful enough to lift you with his mighty hand, he wants to. He's able to. And he cares to lift you out of where you're stuck so that you can leave here walking and leaping and praising God. I want us to pray because this this shouldn't just be me standing on a stage talking. I believe God has something very powerful. He wants to speak to us today. So let's invite his presence to talk to us right now, to open our hearts to his communication. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are mighty. We thank you that you're able. And I pray today that you would bring hope back, that you would bring healing back. And we pray just as we're titled this message that you would lift us up today. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for how great you are. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, in Acts 3 here, we see that this man, he was used to being lame. He was used to being a beggar. Okay, he he was used to being carried around and put in places where he could see people who had their full mobility and yet he was stuck in the same place. And he he was used to begging and and being used to begging is a terrible thing. I'm not talking about having money or not having money. I'm talking about a, a mindset. I'm talking about a give-me attitude. I can't make it on my own unless I can survive off the benevolence of someone else. I can't make it unless you help me. I can't make it unless someone else takes care of me. It's it's a begging, a give-me mentality. See, and Peter and John came by at the hour of prayer. You hear this lame beggar is sitting there. It's interesting. The Bible doesn't even give us his name. Anytime the Bible doesn't give you the person's name, you can pretty much just insert your name here. (laughs) So the lame beggar is sitting there watching the crowds go by. Just watching, just watching, watching. They're just coming by. And Peter and John came by, and he assumed that this was just another passerby. Kind of like many in this room today. You assume that this is just another Sunday morning. You assume that this is just going to be another Sunday. That, that Maybe you, you came in late. You weren't even expecting to come today. It's like you get out of bed and you're like, oh, you going to church? I don't know. Are you? I don't know. Give me my coffee. Let it kick in. We'll see. You need to know that ordinary is one of the greatest enemies of miracles in your life. To settle for the ordinary, to settle, to get stuck in a rut of the mundane, the same old, same old, day-to-day routine, just expecting that nothing different is going to happen. It's always going to be the same. That is one of the greatest enemies of miracles in your life. But what I love about this man is we see something here. We see that when Peter and John came up, that, that he had an expectation it wasn't just ordinary, this is going to be another day. But when Peter and John came up, he was expecting, he didn't know even what to expect because he was expecting money. He so says he looked up at them eagerly, like something could happen here now. Like I've been just sitting here stuck for so long, but maybe these guys will do something for me. I'm expecting now that something could happen. That's why, guys, I got to tell you, I love our church. I love our church, and it's so important to go to a place where you expect something to happen. Like, I can tell you, a lot of times we don't know exactly what's going to happen when we gather together, but I'll tell you what, I always expect something to happen. All right? As the pastor driving here, I'll be, just to confess and be honest, there's a lot of times I'm coming in, I don't know what's going to happen, but but I'll tell you, I'm expecting that something will happen. I love our church. I know there's a lot of other great churches that come with expectancy, but, but this man had expectancy. He was expecting God could do something right now. I, I could get a breakthrough right now. Now could be the time. This doesn't have to be an ordinary day. It doesn't have to be like every other day I've experienced so far. Right now. I'm expecting something to happen thank God that we see things happen on our church on a daily basis that we see lives change that, that people are growing in their faith marriages are healed that kids are coming off of drugs and turning towards Christ, and, and, and we see so many miracles week after week after week. I need to be around something that's happening. I mean, it doesn't matter what area of life it is. Don't, don't just sit me where nothing's happening. If I'm going to be in a job, then, then, then give me some sales. Give me a shovel or something, right? If I'm going to be in a marriage, baby, let's fire it up. You know what I'm talking about? There's got to be something happening, Right? <laughs> she's turning red, that's awesome. <laughs> but don't put me where nothing's happening. I, I need something to happen in my life. I'm expecting there to be something that happens. And we see in this man who has been lame and he's been begging for just a moment, he looks up and he thinks, now, now what he's expecting is money. But he's expecting. Yeah, I'm going to get some money. Finally, something is going to go my way. I'm expecting that something will happen. And in this man's story, we see that that he goes through three stages. Three stages in this little communication that takes place between him and Peter. And I I believe that these are three stages we all need to look at because for some of us, we're in the middle of one of these stages. Maybe you've just come out of these stages. Maybe you're going into these stages. But if you've ever felt stuck, if you've ever felt like you're settling for something, these are the three stages of coming out of being unstuck. Number one, this man was in the limping stage. He was limping. The limping stage is a stage of dysfunction. You know, you're you're just getting by and doing the best with what you got. You're just just limping along. You see, the Bible says that he was in the limping stage from his mother's womb. Uh, The implication here suggests that something happened in the womb that led to his limping. Isn't it funny that something can happen so distantly in your past that causes you to still limp? That, that you can look back on your childhood and see something that happened and you you still find yourself limping through life and when you look back on it, you're like, it's almost embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be limping about something when you're 35 years old that, that happened back when you were seven because people don't have sympathy for that. Like, you if there was just a tragedy in your life, if you just lost a loved one, if someone got sick, if there was an accident, then people will give you sympathy for a little bit, but you better get over it, and you better get over it quick, because people have no sympathy for someone who's been hurting for a long time. They say, that. wait, you're 35, what happened? That happened when you were seven? Okay, that is in the past. You need to get over it now. But there are some things that will happen in your life that will leave you limping. There are certain things from your past that that, that could have been so painful that make you walk different, that that, that keep you stuck in an area, And, and, and we've got to recognize that sometimes we can get stuck because of something that happened all the way back in our past. He was in the limping stage, and his limping stage affected every area of his life. It affected his social relationships. It affected his money. It affected his future. You know, he, he could look around and, and say, you know what, I'm not in the same place where other people my age and stage are. There are other men who have done more than I have because I've been in a limping stage. There's some of us in this room, we could say the same thing. You know, like, like, like I would have graduated school, but I was limping. You know, I I would have raised my children better, but I was in a limping stage. I mean, I I, I could own my own house by right right now. I could have been so much farther along, but I was limping. But aren't you glad that God shows us that trouble only lasts for a moment? That that you might be in a limping stage now. You might be struggling right now, but it doesn't have to last forever. Our God wants to lift us out of that limping stage. Stage. See, he went then to the second stage because what took place is that he went from the limping stage to the second stage, which is the lifting stage. In the lifting stage, we see that when Peter and John came by, and I want you to check this out because I'm a preacher. I love preaching. I, and, and the truth about preachers is a lot of us, we believe everything can be fixed with preaching. If there's a problem, we just fix it with preaching. You can ask my wife, like, if there's a problem in our house, like, I gather a group meeting. And what that means is I'm going to preach to my kids for a minute. Now, don't worry. I take an offering. I pass a hat and say, you better give me some Skittles. Something. I'm just teasing, just teasing. I only eat Sour Patch Kids, all right? But... But, but, but I think preaching, if I, if I could preach to it, if I, if I can fix it that way. But, but we see that Peter and John, when he came up, they decided that they weren't going to preach to this man at all. Because a lot of times, we, we preach based off of our own understanding. We preach based off of our own gifts. And if you could just get by and fix the problem with your own gifts, then you wouldn't need Faith. Because if they would have just gone in with their own gifts and fixed it, then they wouldn 't have needed to trust in god and and that 's why preaching doesn 't work in fixing every situation that, that 's why preaching to your unsaved husband isn 't winning him because preaching doesn 't fix everything. Nagging doesn't fix everything. Complaining doesn't fix everything. In fact, what it's doing instead is you're you're, you're trying to fix him by preaching to him, and what you're doing is you're pushing him farther and farther away, and you're getting more and more into your flesh thinking, if I just try harder, then I'm going to fix it. But preaching doesn't fix everything because sometimes what we need to do is we need to rely on faith, and we got to lean back and just go, you know what? God's got this, and I trust that God's got this, and he's going to deliver this situation, and I don't need to start trying harder. I need to start trusting more. It wasn't preaching that John and Peter did. In fact, this next one, I'm sorry to our prayer warriors. I'm sorry to our intercessors, but it wasn't prayer either that we see in this story. Because I've heard this message taught before. I've heard this text taught and it's been taught as the power of prayer. The power of prayer. But but if you look back in the story, they didn't pray at all. They didn't pray. And the Bible says we should pray for one another. We, every time we come together, uh, two or more gather in my name, I will be there with you. When we come together in agreement, uh, anything on earth that we agree upon and bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. It is important that we pray together, but in the story, we don't see Peter come up and say, all right, let's get some oil, let's anoint his head with oil, and you, wants you you pray in your prayer language, and I'm going to pray in my English language, and we are going to bind spirits, and we are going to cast stuff out, and this man is going to be healed right now. No, no, that's not what they did at all. In fact, you got to understand what prayer is. Is prayer is communicating to God, telling God about it. They didn't say, "Okay, God, um, we got a, a guy here." I don't know if you know this, but there's a man, and he has been crippled since birth. Did you know that, God? Now they didn't waste any time talking to God about what God already knew. They didn't talk to God at all. What they did is they talked to the situation. They spoke to the situation. They challenged the man. They spoke to the situation. Sometimes you have to speak to the situation. See, they, they challenged him here, and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Now you have to understand that in challenging him in this situation, like speaking to the situation in your life is not, is not that we're working on, on trying to fix the dysfunction, that we're, that we're trying to get upset or complain about the dysfunction, but when you speak to the situation in your life, you're saying, I am no longer going to allow the enemy to trap me where I've been trapped anymore. I'm no longer going to come in agreement with the word curses that have been spoken over me that my father was an alcoholic, so I'm going to be an alcoholic. And, 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 and my mother struggled raising her kids right, so I'm going to struggle raising my kids right. And we began to speak to the situation and say, you know what? You're not going to be here anymore. You're not going to live in this dysfunction anymore. It's time to make a change. See, it's time to start commanding things in your life to change. It, it's time to start opening your mouth and saying, I demand that there will be a difference. Like something's got to change. This is moving from I ho- I'll hope something changes in my life to saying, no, something must change in my life. And I wonder how many of us in this room, we're just, we're just walking through life, letting the world whoop us at every corner and just going beat up. And it's just another day, and I'm, I'm hurting today. I'm struggling today. Still the same old problem. I still feel shameful about what I did last night. I still feel all these struggles and this condemnation. When, when we need to open our mouth and speak to the situation. And when Peter came up to this man, he spoke to the situation. He challenged him and he said, What I want you to do is, in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, I want you to rise and walk. Now, that's powerful. It's powerful, but it's also very concerning and scary when he received the command and nothing happened. Wait a minute. Like, I've tried that before. Like, don't you think in my lifetime I've tried to get up and walk? Don't you think I've tried to get out of this situation? Don't you think I've tried to stop begging? Don't you think I've tried to work my legs out so I could stand up on my own? Don't you think I've done this before? What do you do when you've been challenged and nothing happens? See, sometimes when we're challenged and nothing happens, we can get discouraged, and we get to a place where we need a little dependence, a little dependence on God, a little dependence on other believers, because the Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand. Now, I want you to look at this, because this is radical. This man has been crippled since the womb okay? He's a beggar. He's laying on the ground. He's, he's not walked. And the Bible says that he took him by the right hand and helped him up. He, he lifted him up. This is the point where he's saying, I'm going to do something radical in this situation because I'm no longer going to be in the same situation anymore. I'm not going to hope. I'm going to speak to it and say it's got to change. I'm going to make some drastic change in my life, whether or not it looks scary, whether or not it looks impossible. I'm going to do something radical right now. And Peter lifted him up. Man, I want to be around people who will lift me up. That's why, Fellowship Church, it's so important that we continue to gather together. The Bible says come together and encourage one another. We're supposed to be lifting each other up, never dragging each other down, never condemning each other, but lifting each other up. I need people in my life who will lift me up. When I'm having a tough day, lift me up. I want to be one of those people who will lift others up. I look around this room, and I see a group full of people who you're those people. You lift people up. You know when there's struggles going on. You say, I've got you, I'll help you up. Now, I don't take the negative people when it comes to my personal life, my inner circle, kick them out of the room. I don't want Eeyores in my life. I don't want people that are going to just say, Oh, so you'll be fine, just sit here and try to gather money. You'll just, just sit here, you'll be fine. The rest of my life. No. No, because we serve a God who wants to take us to the next level. So we need to have the relationships that look like taking us to the next level. And we need to be the relationship that looks like taking people to the next level. Say, lift me up. Lift me up. I think one of the easiest ways to get into a place of understanding what it looks like to lift people up is to realize and remember that walking with Jesus means He's lifting you up. Because I think for every one of us in this room, I I don't think it, I know it. Whether or not we'll admit it, that's between you and God. But for every one of us in this room, we can remember a time where God lifted us up. Man, I I was stuck in pornography and he, he lifted me up. I was... I was an alcoholic, and he lifted me up. I was, my marriage was falling apart, but he lifted me up. And, and you can start to focus on the fact that, you know what? L- like Walking with God means that he is going to reach down and grab onto you and lift you out of things that maybe you didn't even think you needed to be lifted out of. And you were struggling with depression, and thank God he lifted you up. You, you had thoughts of suicide, and thank God he lifted you out of that. See, your Heavenly Father doesn't want you sitting on the side of the road with, on the dependence of other people all the time with a benevolent attitude of just, just gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give He's saying, I'm going to lift you up. And so many times, like we, we trust God for for like, would you give me the handout? Would you, would you help me through this next week? Can I just get enough of my paycheck? Can I just get enough to get through another day without this addiction? And we're trusting him for like the little handout. If you could use that same faith and trust him to lift you up, then he could bring you to a whole new level. He can, he can bring you to a level where you see true change in your life because that brings us to the next Stage, says Peter took the lame man, lame man by the hand and helped him up. But as he was lifted, okay, I want you to catch this. He went from lifted to leaping. Lifted to leaping. See, the, the first stage was limping. Second was lifted. Third now is the leaping stage. This is when I, I need help, but, but I just need it for a few minutes. Like God, if you would just help me if you if you'd help me get on my feet then, then I, I, I'm not going to just be in, in a needy mindset the rest of my life. Of course, with God, I will be needy the rest of my life. But when it comes to other people and the, the things and the programs that I was leaning on and hoping that that would be what would be my breakthrough, it's like I need it for just a minute, but I'm coming out of this. If you just lift me up for a moment, then then, then what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to start leaping for you. See, when God lifts you, it's powerful enough to in order to be able to empower you to be able to Move on your own to be able to empower you to just he'll give you the strength to keep walking the rest of your life. See, the, the leaping stage is about moving from dependence to independence. Don't mess up what I'm saying here. I am not talking about moving from independence from God. I'm talking about moving from human independence or dependence. I'm talking about breaking free from welfare. I'm talking about breaking free from human fair, boyfriend fair girlfriend fair, caring about what other people think, whether or not I'm going to be happy is going to be based off of how how your attitude is today. No, I'm talking about breaking free from all of that, where my dependence is on God. He lifted me up. I've got strength now. I'm trusting Him, and I needed help for a little bit, but I I don't need it the rest of my life because I don't want to stay stuck and, and be accepting of something that God died to take me out of. He rose again because he wants me to rise again. He he, he wants to give me the strength in order to be able to move through life in power. See, what I respect about this man is that when he was given the chance to be lifted, he transitioned from lifting to leaping. See, moving from lifted to leaping is announcing yourself, I'm not going back anymore. I am not going back to that old way of life, that old sin pattern. I'm not going back to that old group of friends, to those old mindsets, to the ways I talked about my work in my past. I'm not going back anymore. The truth is, every one of us in this room has something that we have said it before, out loud or in our mind, over and over again. I am not going back to that anymore. That's moving from being lifted to leaping. So it poses the question. All right. if, if ultimately this man was going to end up in the, lift, the leaping stage, if ultimately that's where God's taken him, he's going to bounce through life, then why, God, did you have to take him from, from a limping stage, a crippled stage, a beggar stage? Why did you have to take him from that into a lifting stage, then to a leaping stage, and and the answer why is because God needed to use this man to prove something to the church folk, to prove something to church people, right? Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a difference between church people and ex-lame people. Can I explain the difference to you? You have got to beg church people to show up on time. You've got to beg church people, it's Sunday, would you be here? You've got to beg church people, would you worship? You've got to beg church people, would you serve? You've got to beg church people, would you bring your kids an extra night of the week out to 4640? Because that might be too much sacrifice for a church person. But if you've ever been lame, okay, and you remember what God lifted you out of, If you've ever been lame and you see what he brought you out of, then I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and I'm going to enter his courts with praise, okay? Because I'm not just here to do the cute church thing. I'm here because he lifted me, and, and he's carrying me through life. He's helping me. Imagine with me. Oh, it's a... They came by at the hour of prayer. All these dignified, deadbeat church folk. <laughs> sitting there. Man, they look good. Got the best of the best on. We're the good crowd. We're not messed up like them out there. Got it all together. I'm perfect just sitting there. Looking good. And then all of a sudden, someone comes in screaming the name of Jesus and leaps by you. <laughs> can you believe that? Can, can you? <laughs> See, sometimes you need to be around someone who loves Jesus so much is so thankful for what God did in their life so much that they're saying, you know what? I'm going to break all the rules. I don't care. He lifted me up. He got me out of my bondage. I'm no longer in sin. I'm no longer in shame. And I'm going to dance. And I'm going to jump because he's good. And these church folk, they were uncomfortable. Man, can you believe this? Start talking about them. That guy? Yeah, that's that guy we see out there at that gate called beautiful, right? Yeah, he's the lame guy, the beggar. You see him out there? Let me let me put it in today's words. Isn't that that girl who got pregnant? I thought that guy was an alcoholic. Didn't he get a DUI last month? Didn't they just go through a divorce? I mean, Look at him down there dancing and leaping and praising God. But that starts to turn around. Because it goes from, shouldn't that guy be sitting out there on the corner begging to wait a minute? Why is it he's down there leaping and dancing and praising God and he's got freedom and I seem to be the one stuck in the seat? Because don't you realize that when you allow God to lift you up and you say, you know what, God, because you lifted me up, I'm going to do the leaping and I'm going to praise you and it's going to make people uncomfortable. What happens is other people start to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I, I knew you. I knew what you've gone through. I knew what you've been through. And if he did it for you, then maybe he could do it for me. I want to invite you to stand to your feet with me because I believe in this room there are people that if we pause for a moment and we think about our lives and we think about how we should have been dead, but he lifted us. We, we, we should, have, our marriage should have fallen apart, but he lifted us. My kids should be on the same drugs I was on as a kid, but he lifted us. When you start thinking about what God has lifted you out of, I wonder, is there anyone in here that would say, you know what? My God deserves to be praised. My God deserves my leaping. My God deserves me to make people uncomfortable. Man, I like making church people uncomfortable. It's like, you could sit there and you could look like you have it all together, but your God knows that you don't. And you're in a room full of people who know that we would be dead and we would be headed to hell if it wasn't for the fact that He loves us enough to lift us. Right. So, Jesus, we thank you. I want to give you an opportunity right now we'll, and just for any of you in this room that have never asked Jesus to become your savior, to forgive you of your sins. Uh, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I just wanna encourage you to repeat these words after me. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Every one of us in this room, we're headed towards hell until Jesus saves us and we get that by trusting and believing in God's one and only son. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now and invite everyone to pray with me. And we're going to ask God to be our Savior. So this is just a cute thing. If you've never made God your Savior, if you've never made him your Lord, right now is your opportunity. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I pray you lift me up because I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again so that I could rise again please give me a home forever in heaven and please help me to follow you in this life right now in Jesus name we pray amen alright now one more time if you have a reason to leap if you have a reason for to praise our God let's give him a shout of praise before we go today He's good. He's good. I love you. I hope you'll leap into our city and make people uncomfortable with how much you love God this week. Love you guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY. Or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you again next week.